And you should have a set of notes. At the top of page one, we say, since CBC's inception in September of 01, our goal for each person that the Lord sends to us has been found in the verse we adopted to guide our ministry. And that's Colossians 1.28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, we strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in us. That's our church's theme verse, Colossians 1.28. I put it at the front of our servant, seminars note, servant seminar notebooks every year that we have the seminar. It's also hanging on the wall right over there to my, to my right. Just to remind us that that is our church's theme verse. And that's, that is what we believe God has, has put us here for now. That's a verse. It's nice to have a church theme verse. But you need to actually take action to move that process forward of presenting everyone fully mature in Christ. So our leadership team uh, has met recently to talk about, given this stage of where our church is, what is the best way for us to help individual people and then, as a result, the entire church Get from where you are in your own walk with the Lord to becoming fully mature in Christ. And as we've discussed that in recent months, we've determined that a couple of things need to be done. One, we need to have a way to find out where each individual in our church is in their spiritual walk in order to help them take the next step toward maturity in Christ. Thus the name you see on the screen and on the front of your notes. This is about helping people take the next step. But knowing what that next step is requires knowing where you are. And that's a tall order. As a church grows, it becomes more difficult to figure out where individuals are in their spiritual walk and then make suggestions to them for resources that you have in order to help them take the next step. But we've uh, got a, a plan to do that, which included today. And thank you all very much. It's a very good group, good size group. Middle of the summer, uh, toward the end of the summer. A lot of people could have been gone. Some of our folks uh, uh, were plan- already planned to get away. But you've obviously made it a point to be here. And I thank you for, for that. I sent out a couple of notes to that effect. Anybody else need notes? John's got some more notes here. Got one back here. Pastor Rich doesn't have any notes. Hey, Pastor Rich, do you have any idea what I'm talking about up here? No? (laughs) So get some to Rich back there. Thank you all for making the uh, effort to be here. But this is part of, this meeting, is part of our effort to get as large a group of people as possible together to say, we want to help you assess as best we can where you are and then help you take the next step. Now, today, as part of this meeting, we're doing something we never do, which is We're not just taking attendance in terms of numbers. We're actually trying to figure out who by name is here so that we can compare that to our membership directory to see who was not able to be here. And then we, the leadership team, are going to get with those who were not able to be here to give them the information that I'm going to talk about today. But we wanted to have one meeting where we could get as much of this out as possible. So our church's objective is, as Colossians 1.28 says, present everyone fully mature in Christ. To do that, you've got to know where people are and then help them take the next step. 
And so that's what I'm going to be talking about. A second thing that we determined we need to do is to streamline, streamline our process as much as possible so that hopefully everyone knows what the core components that we offer to help you grow in Christ are, and hopefully then everyone will be able to participate. And I'm going to tell you about just some things we're going to do to help streamline that process to make our resources for maturing in Christ available to the largest number of people. So if you look back on page one then, at our second paragraph, at our servant seminars on November 6th of last year and again on January 8th, Pastor Ken presented our 10-year plan to fulfill the objectives of Colossians 128. And I said at that time, we want to become the most effective disciple-making branch of the church that we can possibly be. Now, in order to see what we need to do at CBC to advance that cause, let's break down the activities that are described in those two verses, Colossians 1, 28 and 29. I did this at our servant seminars. If you were there, then the rest of page one or most of the rest of page one will sound familiar. But you see there that we evangelize and then a little bit further down, we edify. We evangelize. That is, in the words of Colossians 1.28, we proclaim Christ by admonishing. We say there the word that's translated proclaim is not the common Greek word for preach. And so one commentary says this, it perhaps has a wider significance than the more common word for preach in Paul's writings. So this is communication of the gospel in not just in church, but in informal settings as well, formal and informal. And then that word translated admonishing is the Greek word nutheteo. It's a concept which can be broadly defined as this, loving confrontation with the truth for the purpose of change. It's translated in the New Testament a number of ways, as instruct, as counsel, as warn. But in this context, it probably has the emphasis of lovingly confronting, notice, unbelievers with the gospel for the purpose of conversion. In fact, the expositor's Bible commentary says this, Here, that term relates to non-Christians, the thought probably being that we seek to awaken each of them to his need for Christ. So that's why I say one of the objectives that that verse gives us is that we evangelize, we admonish, we warn, we lovingly confront unbelievers with the truths of the gospel. But then those who are one to Christ, those who know Christ, and that would be most of you here, we edify, that is, we build up. And that verse, Colossians 1.28, says we proclaim Christ not only by admonishing, but by teaching. And we say there, teaching in Colossians 1.28 refers to instructions, instruction to believers in the way of Christ. Building them up in the faith by the word of God. Such teaching is to be done, according to the verse, with all wisdom. That is, since wisdom is the application of knowledge then our teaching will apply what we know about the individual and his or her needs to that teaching task. That is how we go about it. So that's that piece of trying to identify where somebody is and then with wisdom apply where they are a tonic for where they need to go, a next step for for where they need to go. Now, for whom then is this to be done? Well, unbelievers and believers, that would you're in one or two categories, one of those two categories. So that means what we say next on page one, no man, woman, or child left behind. Both the admonishing and teaching will be done to everyone that God brings into our sphere of influence. The word everyone appears twice in 
the English translation, the NIV that we have above, but it's three times in Greek. Instead of admonishing and teaching everyone, it's admonishing everyone and teaching everyone. So we may present everyone fully mature. So there's no one who is to be left out of our evangelistic and edification edification efforts. So that's our objective then today is we want to let you know about some things that we're doing to try to streamline our discipleship process to make it available to the widest number of people, to to everyone. And part of that is going to be to help you identify where you are and then encourage you in the next step that you need to take in your growth in your growth in Christ. Now I'm going to say a good bit, but don't worry if you wonder whether you're getting it all, it's okay. Because at the end of today, at the, today, we have a handout, just a short handout that summarizes what I've said. The guys are going to distribute them. And then there are some check boxes on there for you to check off some things to help you take the next step. And I'll explain that then when we get there. So bottom of page one, what we want to do is help people be grounded and growing with the result that we are giving of ourselves and going with the gospel. Bottom of page one, people who are grounded in the truth of the gospel and are growing in the love of the gospel, in turn, give for the gospel. They give of themselves and their finances and they go to others with it. That is, learning truth is not an end in itself, but it should result in loving God and others so that we're living it out in service. Now, at the bottom of page one, you guys are all turning. Hold on. At the bottom there, you notice that learning, loving, and living are all in bold and italics. Those three words should ring a bell for you. Our church's mission statement is this. CBC exists to help people learn about God, love Him and others, and live for His purpose. That's what we've said for 15 years. And... In this grounded and growing, giving and going, those are just some additional ways to describe that threefold profile of somebody who's a mature believer in Christ. Now, if you'll turn then to page two. So we're going to call that the 5G life. And you see on page, top of page two, but also on the screen, achieving our church's objectives, as stated in our mission statement of learning, loving, and living, gives rise to these five goals for the life of each believer. Grounded in truth, growing in love, giving in service, going in witness, and glorifying in everything. Now, at our servant seminar in the first quarter of next year, we're going to build upon our existing evangelistic training and outreach efforts by enhancing our evangelistic emphasis and individual congregational partnership. That's a mouthful. What's that mean? just means next year when we have our servant seminar in probably March, that's going to be devoted to enhancing our evangelistic training to help you, all of us, be witnesses, personal witnesses for Christ. But also, we're going to seek to enhance our partnership between what you do as a witness for Christ in your circle of influence in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, by offering things that the church does for you to invite those people to as evangelistic efforts. So you'll be witnessing, but then we'll be doing things that uh, will allow you venues to uh, bring them to so that they're hearing it from you, but 
If they take you up on the offer, they'll be hearing it from us as well. That's what we mean by individual congregational partnership. Now, the middle of that paragraph, but in order for each of us to make new disciples, we must ensure that we're maturing as disciples. So as a church, we want to facilitate each member's entry on the road to maturity so that each one can contribute to multiplying others. Again, a mouthful, but what we're saying is you can't give away what you don't have. So we want to make sure that everyone is on the road to maturity, Christ-like maturity. And then part of that maturity is that we are giving ourselves away, including the message of Christ that has so changed us and is growing us in the lives of, of others. So evangelism should be the product of this. Us each seeking to multiply ourselves in the lives of, of others. But first, we need to make sure that we've got everybody moving on the road to maturity. So on the screen there, you see that. And that's an idea that I laid out at one of our servant seminars about five years ago. And the idea is that on the road to maturity, there are some foundational things that everybody needs to have. And then there are some life circumstance issues that we need to, from a biblical perspective, help people with so that they can make the natural transitions that go on in life. Transitions from getting married, well, graduating from high school, for example. That's when you can lose people on the road to maturity because they don't make those transitions well. Or when someone gets married. In the first five years of marriage, you can lose people because they don't make that transition well. Or you have your first child or children, and you need help on how to do that. And that's another one of those transitions where you can lose people. Where you lose people on the road to maturity is most often at these transitions, which are often stress points for people. And most of us experience the same ones, so we know what they are, and we know what the Bible says about them, so we can equip you before you get there is the idea. So it's to help people on that road in the natural transitions of life, but then there are also curveballs that come in life. Or just maybe, to use the metaphor, you're going on the road to maturity, and then all of a sudden there's a curve that's got a cliff that you didn't see coming, and life throws you a curveball. So you lose your job, you get diagnosed with a disease, a divorce occurs, someone dies, all kinds of things happen. And those things certainly can derail somebody then, if they're not addressed biblically, from moving forward in, in Christ. That's why that sign says restoration area ahead. Not just a rest area, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the idea is, of the metaphor is, you're, you're kind of pulling off the road for a bit, but you're pulling off the road so that you can get back on the road. And then we, your church, are coming around you to restore you, to deal with that so that you can continue to move move ahead in Christ. So that's what we mean then on page two. We, As a church, last sentence of that second paragraph, as a church, we want to facilitate each member's entry onto the road so that each one can contribute to multiplying others. All right, so in order to do this, in order for all of us to be involved and actively involved in moving forward, and all of us are at different places, then we need to identify where we are so we know what the next step is. And as a church, we need to make the resources that we have available as accessible as possible. 
And that's what that next section is on page two. If the objectives are learning and loving and living, then we want that to be accessible. And that accessibility uh, is to help you to do the core ministries, be able to participate in the core ministries that we offer for learning and loving and living. So the next slide, I think, is the... Yeah, I don't know if you can read that. That should look somewhat familiar to you. Most of you have taken our newcomer's orientation in the notebook uh, that we give out for a newcomer's orientation. Page 17 has that chart on it. And it's our church's spiritual growth process. And you notice to the far left, it says, learn about God. Remember our mission statement, help people learn about God, love him and others, live for his purpose. So learn about God. And then that column of gray and yellow gives you the things that we offer to help you do that, to learn about God. I'll talk about those in a minute. But then on the right, you see that that results in loving God, loving others, and living for his purpose. Now, a key issue that I want you to see there is the fact that there's an arrow. You see that that thing is shaped as an arrow. It's on purpose. The learning is for the purpose of loving and living. The learning is not an end in itself. The classes are not an end in themselves. You take the classes that we offer, you engage in the ministries that we offer, but when you learn about who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for you, that should issue forth then in a response of love for God, loving others, and giving yourself in service to to Him. That's the idea. So those are the three objectives, learn, love, and live. It begins with learning, but it doesn't end there. You then move to loving and and living. And we have ministries, core ministries, then for each of those objectives, learning, loving, and living. All right, back to the middle of page two then. As noted above, our mission is to see everyone become fully mature in Christ. So we're endeavoring to make sure, or excuse me, to make our core ministries available to as many as possible. While CBC has many, many ministries for both outreach and and growth, we've intentionally structured our, structured our core ministries to be few and accessible and the other ministries of the church to be supplemental. What does that mean? It means we've got these core things that we have on the screen. We've got ministries to help you learn, ministries to help you love, ministries to help you live. Those are our core. we got a lot of other stuff going on. As time goes on, we'll have even more stuff going on. So what happens is you multiply ministries and then people get confused. What all should I be participating in? And if you don't take time to do what I'm doing today to try to explain the difference between core and supplemental, this is what will happen. People will just see all of those ministries as just a smorgasbord, kind of a cafeteria, take a little of this and a little of that, and we won't have everybody going through those core ministries to ground them in the faith. So we have core ministries. And if you can never take any of the other supplemental things we do, if you can never participate in upward soccer, if you can never participate, we're going to see in a moment, on Wednesday night, 
If you could never participate in Stephen ministry, I could go on and give you a long list of very good men's ministry, women's ministry. These are all important and very good ministries or we wouldn't have them. But they're supplemental to our core ministries. What we want to endeavor to do is make sure everybody that can and will is able to engage in our core ministries. And then you can supplement that with all of these other things that, that we offer. That's the, that's the idea there. Now, I'm going to talk about those core ministries and when they're going to be offered to make them more accessible. Let me just take a moment to say this. Planning like this, planning in a way that gives you a visual way to see in a nutshell what it is we're offering and why, and what's priority, what's core, and what's supplemental. That kind of planning is good good for me. It's good for Pastor Rich, Pastor Larry, and the entire leadership team. It helps us keep clear on what it is we're supposed to be doing. But it's also good for you as well. Obviously, you need to know what it is so you know how to participate in it. But here's another thing I hope that it will do for you. I hope that having sessions like this will cause each of you to see the church's ministry from a wider perspective than we normally do. You see, the truth is most of us see the church's ministry from the narrow perspective of our particular phase of life. What's going on with me and what does the church offer for me? Now, I'm not downplaying that. I think that's extremely important. There are all these phases of life and we as a church want to help you navigate those. So when you're young married, when you have young children, you have issues and bringing the collective wisdom of the church together to help you with that and having ministry for that is a very, very good thing. But what you shouldn't do, though, is see the entire church ministry in terms of where you are. But rather see that that's one piece of this much larger thing that we're trying to do. And here's one of the things, if you do that, if you see that larger picture, here's one of the results of that. You'll lose the idea that the leadership team needs to know about every book you've read and recommend that book as something that we need to go through. Or some ministry you heard about as some ministry that we need to adopt. Or some piece that you think needs to be emphasized that's not being emphasized the way you think it, the way you think it should. Now that sounds more negative than I intend. Because we all do it. I do it as well. In fact, when I was a young adult, I did it at another church. I did it in an arrogant way. I went to the guy who was running the young, uh, young adult ministry and I told him he was doing it all wrong. I look back on that and I think how arrogant. But I was looking at it through my narrow lens when now I, look, I realize he had to look at a much larger picture. So please just understand this. As we lay this out, friends, If you, you should get this, that we have endeavored to look at the total picture for 400 people in our church and how we can offer ministries to help everybody go through those and, and get grounded in Christ and then to supplement those with all kinds of other ministries to help you in your walk. We may miss something, but it's not going to be something big. It's not going to be something that Jesus said to do. We're aware of what Jesus said to do. We know what he wants us to do. And we're doing our best and I think, frankly, a good job 
in making it possible for everybody, the most number of people, to participate in that. All right. Middle of page two. What are these learning, loving, and living ministries that we have that we're looking to make more accessible? Well, there's learning as a group on page two, and then there's learning one-on-one. Learning as a group is just classes then. And our core courses for learning about God in his word are how to get the most out of your Bible and master plan for life. Now, to this point, we've offered those as part of our midweek program. But beginning next month on September 17th, we're moving those to Sunday morning during this hour. I'm going to teach master plan for life during this hour starting September 17th. And we're encouraging everyone to go through it in order to be grounded in theological truth. Now, master plan for life, I call a systematic theology for regular people. It goes through the doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Bible, doctrine of man and sin, doctrine of Christ, of salvation, of the church, of end of end times. It goes through all of that. You get a notebook of material. It has verses for you to look up every day of the week and some questions to answer. We don't check the homework, so don't let that scare you. It's not hard homework, but that's, that's what it is. And it's an extremely valuable resource that we think everyone needs to go through in order to have a theological grounding of the major truths of God's word. Some of you, many of you have taken that over the years. Many of you have not. Because you can't come on Wednesdays. You tried to come on Wednesdays. You came a few times. You had to drop out. We decided if this is going to be a core ministry, we're going to make it available when most people are able to be here. So September 17th, we're going to start that. Now, I don't know what room that's going to be in because that depends on how many people are taking it. It might be in this room. For those of you that have taken it, you've already taken it. You took the whole thing. You didn't drop out midway through. You didn't flunk. For those of you that have taken it, then Dr. Combs is going to be teaching a class starting that day on 1 Corinthians. So for those of you that have taken Master Plan for Life, you'll have the option of taking 1 Corinthians. Now, even if you've taken Master Plan for Life, and even if you would like to take the 1 Corinthians class, which I would too, Dr. Combs is a great teacher, Uh, You might consider, if you've taken Master Plan for Life, doing this. Deciding to serve second hour on Sunday mornings so that someone else can take Master Plan for Life who hasn't been able to. Did you know we've got people like that? As I speak to you right now, there are a bunch of people teaching in classes right now, teaching our children. And some of those people have faithfully done that for many, many years, many of them without a, a break at all. They don't complain about it. But I'm sure they would love to be able to avail themselves of some of the things that are being offered. And if we want everyone to be able to get grounded this way, then we want everybody to have that opportunity. But we can only do it if we have people who are willing to give them that break. When we hand out our sheet in just a bit, one of the options is for you to indicate, I'm willing to do that. I've taken Master Plan for Life. And I'm willing to get involved in a ministry on Sunday morning that would allow some others to to take it. All right. And then middle of that paragraph under learning as a group. Next fall, I'm going to teach how to get the most out of your Bible during that same time slot. And going forward, as new people are brought into the church, they will take those courses, not in the auditorium as we may, starting September 17th, but in our adult classrooms during that time as well. 
And it means I won't be able to teach it anymore. These are my last two times to teach those classes. Master Plan for Life, How to Get the Most Out of Your Bible. I've been teaching both of those for years on Wednesday nights. I love doing them both. I hate to give them up, but in the interest of getting more people access to it on Sunday mornings, you can only be one place at one time. So we're going to have other of our leaders to teach those starting in a couple of years. All right, that's learning as a group, making it accessible on Sunday morning. Bottom of page two, learning one-on-one. We believe that most people will benefit from having an optional partnership with another brother or sister for the purpose of spiritual growth and loving accountability. So we're offering growth partnerships for those who are at various levels of maturity. So we've had a ministry for many years just called Growth Partners. Some of you have gone through that. You've had a one-on-one partnership, a woman with a woman, a man with a man. And you take about six months uh, back then. We've actually streamlined it so that it's uh, shorter than that now if you meet every week. If you meet every week, it will take you about 12 weeks now, the way we've streamlined it. But you get matched with a partner, and you go through some simple material together. And how simple it is depends on where you are in your walk. You see, we've got growth partners for new believers. So that's the simplest of all. We've got growth partners for men, for women, young men, young women. Uh, So the growth partners uh, material is just a notebook that you and your partner go through. Every week it gives you a passage of scripture to read. It gives you a verse to memorize for that week. Uh, It gives you some things to pray about for that week. And then you get a book and you read a chapter out of a book. The book for men is called uh, The Measure of a Man. For women, it's called A Woman After God's Own Heart. For the young men, it's A Young Man After God's Own Heart. And the young women, A Young Woman After God's Own Heart. And then we've got a little book for the new believers. So you have a book, you read a chapter out of it, you get together once a week or once every other week with your partner and you discuss the things you've read and that you've learned in that. And uh, you establish then that growth partnership through that through that process. All right, but it, we've got those those books. You guys have the slide for those? And go to the next one. We'll come back to this one. Thank you. All right, so those are the growth partner notebooks. you got the five listed there. That's what they are. And then there's a book that accompanies each of those. That's the next slide. And those. Those are the books then that, that I just mentioned. Now, if you look down at the very bottom of page two, in addition to growth partners one-on-one, which, as you heard me just describe, is fairly basic, fairly simple, very helpful for you to have a bonding relationship with another brother or sister. So I encourage you to consider taking us up on that offer. But in addition to that, that's very basic material. We have this other material that you can do in a one-on-one setting. And down at the bottom of page two, you see foundations and the walk. Foundations is, as it says, their basic truths for Christian growth. And you would go through that 12 sessions with another partner, woman with a woman, man with a man. And then there's a sequel to that called The Walk, and that's what's on, on the screen. And that's another 10 lessons on further issues of the Christian life. So you see with all of this now, you've got master plan for life. We want everybody to go through that. And then we're offering the, and we're making that available to you on Sunday morning. Then we're offering these one-on-one growth partnerships with material that tries to meet people where they are in their maturity. 
We've got the growth partners, kind of simple material, foundations, it's a step up from that, and then the walk is yet a step up from step up from that. Now, if you say today, when we pass out these sheets in just a little bit, and you say, yeah, I'd like to be considered, I'd consider a growth partnership. You'll check off the box, you'll turn that in, we'll get with you, and then we'll work with you to determine which of these would be the best thing for you to, to use to go through. Okay? Everybody good? P- page three. That's learning, learning as a group and learning one-on-one. Then there's loving others. And our primary core ministry for that is community groups. Most of you are familiar with those. But second paragraph there describes what they are. If you're not, they meet in homes, and they mostly meet in homes on Sunday nights. That's the second of the core ministries that we have. First core ministry is these core classes, Master Plan for Life, How to Get the Most Out of Your Bible. We're going to offer those to you this hour on Sunday morning. But the second core ministry is community groups. And we believe that in order for you to grow effectively in Christ, that you need to be in community with other believers in an intimate setting that you can't have on Sunday mornings. That's why we have community groups. We are in open enrollment for community groups right now. We've had cards inserted in your program for the last few weeks. We had one inserted today. When we hand out a sheet in just a moment, it's going to have that same card on it. If you haven't filled out that card yet saying, yes, I'm interested in a community group, those are going to start on October the 8th. They meet together for two years, and as I say, they meet together on most Sunday nights. There are a number of Sunday nights when they don't, but most Sunday nights. To make that accessible... We're even offering to have those on nights other than Sunday. If you have a night where that would be better for you, we want to know about that. There's a spot on the card for you to tell us about that. Now, let me say this about community groups. We've had open enrollment for three weeks now. It's going to go on for several more weeks. This happens every time we do open enrollment. Here's what happens. The people that are in charge of getting the names of folks who want to be in community groups gather those names, but they also gather a bunch of special requests. People who go and say, I want to be in so-and-so's group. I want to stay in the group I was already in. So can you do me a favor, person who's in charge of that, and put me in the group I want to be in? Here's 20 bucks. (laughs) The price keeps going up, too. I'm not that person, but I'm told, and I don't know who said this, so I'm not looking at anybody in particular. I don't know who did this, but I'm told we've already had bunches of people do that. We're only three weeks in. Now, I understand. I totally understand. It it, it totally violates what we're trying to do with community groups. Totally. And not only that, but it actually is a bit of a violation of what we're trying to be as a church. You see, friends, we don't want to always be around the people we're familiar with. As a church, we want to get to know and learn to love other people that we don't even know yet. That's the reason that we mix them up every two years. That's the whole reason. You've got lots of opportunities to be with your friends and the people you already know. We want you to expand your horizons and, and, and learn to love other people, even people that are annoying. And every community group's got people that are annoying. I'm in a group, so it's at least got one that's annoying. So we're asking you to understand that. 
And if you're in some demographic situation where you say, I want to be in there with a lot of, you know, people that have young kids and all that. Look, we want to minister to young kids and families with young kids, but that's a separate ministry. It's not community groups. All right, quickly. Living for God's purpose. What this means in the next two half pages, half of three, half of four, are about serving the Lord. And I don't need to go through this. The gist of it is this in the um, numbered items that we have toward the bottom of page three. The foundational principles of service are these, that all members are ministers, and there are some passages that tell you that. Everybody, everybody who's a member of the body of Christ is to be a servant, to be a minister. They're to use their gifts and abilities to build up the body. That's what that's saying. Everybody. All of us. Page four. Each member minister is uniquely designed by God. So we try to help you see how God has wired you and then help place you in a ministry that is um, that you can do. And then thirdly, the task of pastoral ministry is not to do the ministry, it's to equip people to serve, equip people to, to minister. Now, for many years at our church, many years, we had a very high percentage of the people in our church serving. That percentage, as our church has grown, has gone down. And as leadership, we've wondered why that is. A lot of theories. The best one that I can come up with is this. As the church has grown, as we've moved into our facility, people come into our church and they look at it and they say, they don't really need my help. So I'm here to tell you two things about that. One, God wants you to serve whether we need your help or not. God wants you to use your gifts because they're gifts he gave you to serve him. He wants you to do that anyway. But secondly, we do need your help. We need every person to use their gifts and abilities sacrificially for the advance of God's mission and for for his glory. So we're going to give you opportunity to indicate that you're willing to do that in just a bit. Page four then, middle of the page. What's next? We're asking each person to participate in a very limited number of core ministries in order to grow. Core classes and core fellowship in community groups. These are offered intentionally in just two time slots. Sunday morning for the core classes and Sunday evening. But notice the footnote. We'll do it on another night if that's better for you. And it may well be that you'll also benefit from an optional growth partnership. So we're offering those at various levels as well. And we believe that God has saved us to serve, so we want to work with you to find an area of service that fits your ability and availability. We're not going to ask you to do something you can't do because that's not in your wheelhouse or that your circumstances don't allow you to do it. But there is something for everyone to do that they're able to do and available to do. Last thing down to page four. Restoration area. Life in a fallen world can derail our progress as we sin and are sinned against we understand that. So on the sheet that we're going to pass out now, the guys, you can distribute those. On that sheet at the bottom, there's a spot uh, with an email address, pastors at cbctrenton.com. You can email us confidentially and you can say, I'm struggling with something. We want to know what that is. And then we'll get with you and uh, figure out how to, uh, how to address that for you. All right. The guys are passing those out. I'm going to explain what's on there. And then we'll be done.
All right, so you see that taking the next step in spiritual growth, name, email, phone number, and then you've got check boxes. We need to have an idea of how many people are taking each of these classes so that we know how many books to make for each one. First Corinthians, a master plan for life. We've got a checkbox for master plan for life that begins on the 17th. You've got that box underneath it, though, that says I've already taken it and I'm willing to serve on Sunday morning so other people can do that. You can check that box. You can say I'm taking the first Corinthians class. If you want us to contact you about a growth partnership, you see it there. And if you're not serving and you're not serving to the full of your capacity, then you should check the serving at CBC box as well. There's community groups. And this is just the card that's been inserted. I'd like to join one. I'd be willing to consider co-hosting. Co-hosting means you have another home and you trade off. Sometimes it meets there. Sometimes it meets at your place. You've got a backup in case you're sick or gone. It's not always on you. We'd like every group to have two homes. So if you're willing to do that, let us know. Even if you've are, even if you participated in community groups in the last two years, you need to fill out one of these cards. If you filled one out in the last three weeks, you don't have to fill this out. If you haven't, go ahead and do so. And then if you'd like to meet on a different night, let us know. And you see at the bottom there, I have a struggle and I need some counsel. You see that email address, pastors at cbctrenton.com. All right, take a few minutes then to fill that out. And then the guys are going to collect. So you fold that and then collect. We'll uh, collect them, okay? All right, I've got two minutes for any questions. Anything that I did not make clear? Anybody got any questions? Sir? So, no, put, put, uh, none of, uh, serving, serving. So the question was, what if I'm not a member of the church? We're strongly considering becoming a member, but we're not yet. Is there any of the stuff we can't do? The one thing you can't do is, is serve. But other than that, check everything else off that you're interested in. Any other questions? Anybody else? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so good, thank you. So that, Janet said, hey, I, I took the first part of Master Plan for Life, but not the whole thing. Uh, I think you got the first 12 weeks last year. They're 28 weeks, you got 12 of them. So she's saying, can I serve for those 12 weeks starting September 17th and then come back? At, yeah. So indicate you're willing to do that and then we'll get with you on it. Thank you, Janet. Good question. Anybody else? 30 seconds. All right. I think I've delayed. All right, Bill, last question. Bill's question was, we took Master Plan for Life a number of years ago. Should I do it again? I remember you, and as I remember, you were a troublemaker. And I said, there are some people who flunked, and I consider you one of those. No, I don't. It's the same material, so it's, it's up to you. 
I know a lot of people have taken it several times and have benefited from that, but that's up to you. All right. If you guys will collect then, pass those, pass those to the aisle. So if you'll pass this way and this way. And as soon as the guys have collected those, we will pray and be dismissed. If they miss you with a basket, you can turn them in at the information center before you before you leave. And another question I just had was about community groups. Uh, if we have kids, are kids involved in that? The answer is yes. So uh, we, in fact, we may have some community groups, depending on how many families we have that have kids, you have to have homes that can accommodate the kids for the community groups because you have to have a separate area, basement or something where they can be supervised while the group is going on. Uh, if, if need be, we will have some of the groups meet here then on Sunday nights. Uh, so that we can have the child care necessary. So, uh, yes, children will be with you, whether that's in a home or here. Good question. All right, let's pray. Thank you guys for making it a point to attend and for your kind attention. Let's pray. Father, we thank you profoundly for saving us. Thank you for giving us a relationship with you through Jesus. Thank you for starting a change process in us that is going to culminate in us being like Jesus. Lord, every one of us is in process. And we need to grow day by day, year by year in him. We thank you for the blessed task that you've given to the church to make disciples and to mature them along the way. I thank you for these disciples that are in this room who want to grow in you. Lord, grant us wisdom as we apply these resources that you've allowed us to have to each individual so that they can take the next step. Grant us as a church that wisdom. Grant a desire on the part of each of your people to want to take that next step. Lord, may it be that none of us are satisfied where we are, but all of us want to be more mature in Jesus next year than we were this year. So allow each person to take advantage of these And Lord, as we work together, your church and then the desires of your people, may we see large numbers of folks who are being transformed into the image of your dear son. Go with us this week as we reflect his image in the circumstances to which you have called us to serve you and bring us back together next Lord's Day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.